Crowner Plus acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land, waters and sky and respects their enduring spiritual connection to country. We acknowledge the sorrow of the past and our hope and belief that we can move to a place of equity, partnership and justice together. We acknowledge Elders past, present and emerging and pay our respects to the cultural authority of First Peoples. Welcome to Crownercast, the remote health podcast produced by Crowner Plus. This podcast is all about telling the stories of the remote health workforce. In each episode, a nurse, midwife or health professional shares their experiences of working in rural and remote Australia. Crownercast is designed for you to listen to on the plane, in the car between clinics or during your downtime. Download it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your favourite podcast app so that you can tune in even when you're out of range. I'm your host Kate Ridge and our guest today is Anita. Anita is a remote area nurse working in Western Australia. She has had an interesting and non-conventional path into nursing which has shaped her passions and interests in providing healthcare. She describes the importance of patient-led and patient-centred care as a way of enhancing satisfaction and outcomes for remote communities. Anita also provides encouragement and strategies for success for other remote practitioners. Hello Anita and welcome to the Crownercast podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest and giving of your time today. So as a way of starting the podcast, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, such as your profession and how you got into healthcare, and just a little bit to set the scene for our listeners? Yep, no worries, Kate. Thank you so much for having me here today. Um, I'm currently working as a remote area nurse. Um, I have previously just come out of a role whereby I was working as a clinical nurse manager in uh, the Gascoyne region of Western Australia for some of the remote sites. Uh, That would typically entail following the managerial obligations of remote sites whilst also relieving the nurses if they had any uh, fatigue issues or anything like that. But currently I've um, come back to remote area nursing work and predominantly uh, working autonomously as both emergent and primary healthcare centre provisions. So Anita, did you always want to be a nurse or how, how did you get into nursing and remote practice? Was it the usual sort of leaving school, going straight to uni or did you have a different pathway? Um, in, in fact, I had no idea that I was going to become a nurse, let alone a remote area nurse. Uh, In fact, when I finished high school, I'd commenced a Bachelor of Music, which then went on to a subsequent Bachelor in Anthropology. And I'd written my thesis, my anthropology thesis on health disparities and cultural dissatisfaction with remote birthing practices within remote Aboriginal Mm. communities. That inspired me initially to become a nurse and I guess aid with closing the gap initiatives and... um, allow for more self-determination within Indigenous communities and, you know, self-determined practices of cultural methodologies of birthing and whatnot. Uh, Anyway, I I went into a Masters of Nursing 
practice, which then um, I worked in various uh, institutions, which eventually led me to come uh, remote. So you always had uh, sort of a goal to work remotely or that was kind of a side shoot or you fell into remote practice? How did that happen? So when I began my nursing degree, I did have the trajectory in mind to go into remote health practice. However, it is it is quite a lengthy, you, I mean, you need a lot of experience, to, I believe, to work remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did work in various different institutions in Victoria before taking the, the pathway to actually work as a remote area nurse and, and do all the qualifications and, yeah. Mm. And and I'm assuming that you love it. You're still in it. <laughs> I absolutely adore it. I think that there's so much autonomy. There's so much knowledge building, and um, it's it's a wonderful field of nursing. And no one day is the same as the next. Mm. Well, that I think leads very nicely on to perhaps you could tell us a little bit about you know not necessarily a typical day, but kind of what you do on a day-to-day basis in your current roles? I guess no one day is the same. In in the management position, as I mentioned, um, that was an incredibly diverse role, very, very challenging, but um, diverse. And it, it brought me a number of different places within the gas coin and experiencing a number, a number of different events, such as the total solar eclipse. And I was helping out with um with health response there um it basically it would entail me as i said uh, following managerial obligations of the remote site and relieving but likewise comprising developing these fantastic work relationships with wonderful staff and community members um and and whilst as a ran i predominantly work autonomously within um you know their the health sites in emergency and primary health care and again you don't know what you're, you're going to get whether it's going to be a wound or whether it's going to be something um, a little more challenging to deal with clinically but I have always enjoyed you know the camaraderie with with communities and how everyone chips in to help one another. Mm. So that's one of the positives of your roles and working remotely is the community focus? Absolutely, I think that the community focus is one of the one of the most exciting and and I suppose beautiful aspects of working remotely. Uh, the knowledge building as well. I think that it's it's constantly uh, building and your knowledge basis and upskilling towards some mm-hmm. um, remote area practice. Now, I also believe one of the things you also see as a positive and one of the things that you are really passionate about is patient-led care and patient-centered care and that's part of your role? Absolutely I think that um, I think that the self-determination for social determinants of health is one of the most important aspects of delivering a succinct health care service and a model that's going to allow for the best patient-centered outcomes possible. I think listening to the patients and listening to what they they would like for their healthcare uh, trajectories, how they would like them to prevail, is paramount to achieving you know uh, salient mental health outcomes, salient cultural outcomes, salient socioeconomic social outcomes. Um, you know all of those facets are. 
uh, important, but that can only be led by the patient themselves. So it's mm. very important to listen and to develop those rapport, uh, that rapport with the patients. So from from a healthcare perspective, you know, I'm very familiar with patient-centred care and this focus on patient-centred care. The way you're describing it around patient-led care, it sounds very similar, but there's a nuance of difference. And I wonder if you could explain that a little bit more to the listeners and perhaps an example of what that is like in practice. I suppose I've, I've worked alongside many different patients in, in different communities. And I, I think that allowing for, you know, especially a culturally tailored um, care plan whereby the practitioner or the clinician sits and allows for the patient to talk rather than, I guess, giving them directions which may not align with their own personal health outcomes, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's much more around them deciding on what's important to them and their goals for their health and their health care? That's absolutely, that? absolutely correct. Yeah. So in the work that you are doing, can you tell us a story about what it's like to live and work remote? It might be around your actual work. It might be around living in a remote community, um, but something that just encapsulates and describes what it's like to be a remote area nurse. Mm. Uh, I think I struggle to find one particular story. There are so many of them and so many of them are funny and sad and can be frustrating at times. Um, I think I'm more inclined to discuss the camaraderie I've experienced within various communities. For instance, I guess the isolation you can sometimes feel from Mm -hmm. having been, you know, reined in for six to eight weeks and the whole community works together to ensure that everyone has the provisions like food and um, medical staples and whatnot that they need and that everyone's safe and otherwise travelling okay. And I think the community engagement between community members and the other various stakeholders is a special aspect of working in a remote community. Um, I've, you know, I've been in communities whereby, as I mentioned, you know, six to eight weeks, we've been stuck, all the roads have been closed around the community and We've had, you know, supplies uh, helicoptered in. And I, I suppose, you know, at, at one of these times I was living by myself in, in the community and I had my my dog there with me. But it, it was, I, I found myself quite sad and quite isolated. And it was the assistance of the community members and community stakeholders who made me feel so at home and so, um, so heard, I, I guess. Yeah. And it was um, very, very special to me and, and I'll never forget those moments as to how included and, um, and, and welcomed mm. I, I felt and that really made a difference. Yeah. So if someone was thinking about remote practice, because you've, you've talked about just now that it's not always easy, um, you know, it can be difficult on a personal level and no doubt on a professional level as well from time to time. Mm. So what's some advice you would give to uh, people who are thinking about or considering remote area practice? I think um, it's always important to be brave 
but to also be wise about your practice always stay in your scope of practice and never put yourself in a dangerous position um, always trusting your gut instinct and always being mindful of your surroundings mm-hmm. um, I, I also suggest you know being mindful of how you'll consume your time when you're in an isolating environment as mentioned it can be lonely um, but learning to love the simple things which make you an individual and those which bring you joy yeah. knowing that it's okay to cry and reach out when you're lonely uh, that there's always assistance when need be and, and your organisation is always there to back you when when you need and there are, you know, Krana Plus does offer the remote crisis hot, hotline if if one needs to do so. Yeah. Um, and knowing that you don't have to know everything when practising remote nursing but knowing that your autonomy guides your practice and that you should never do anything which is going to make you put yourself or others at risk always upskill and always um always reach out when you're feeling lonely or or you feel unsure about something because there there are always people that are going to help yeah that that is i think a lovely way to end knowing that there's always someone there to support you um and to reach out if you need it so thank you anita for sharing your life as a nurse and some really wise responses for people considering practice and I wish you every success with your ongoing career and I'm sure you're doing a wonderful job where you're working. Thank you so much Kate it was lovely chatting with you as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Kranacast and we look forward to sharing more stories from the remote area health workers. We'd like to remind all listeners that the Bush Support Line is available 24-7. It provides confidential support to rural and remote health workers and their families. You can reach out at any time by calling 1800 805 391. If you're enjoying Pranacast and don't want to miss an episode, you can always subscribe via your favourite podcast platform. Take care and stay tuned for the next episode of Chronicast.